Hi, everyone, and welcome to season four of the podcast. I'm super excited to be back and to announce that the podcast will now be called the Holistic Pharmacy Podcast to better reflect the subject matter. The first few episodes were recorded before the rebranding, so I still refer to it by its old raw fork name in those. Anyway, I had no idea when I started this podcast that it would evolve to this format, but I did know that I wanted to share people's stories. It has evolved from me reading my blog post out loud to interviewing non-traditional pharmacists, including herbalists. Season 4 will air every Friday, highlighting inspirational pharmacists that chose to fit out of the proverbial box and are working to build a new system of care focusing on natural and preventative medicine. Please enjoy the show. We will kick off episode one with my first ever live recording of a podcast that streamed simultaneously on Facebook. Technology is super cool and I'm just trying to keep up and be open to the possibilities. I had a ton in common with this first guest of the season, Dr. David Morcom, a native Texan and fellow practitioner of functional medicine. David has fused his background in modern pharmacology and the newest research in herbs, nutrition, mindfulness, and lifestyle medicine. With an integrative and holistic approach, he aims to understand each patient as a whole and their condition at its root. Dr. Morcom has a wide range of specialties allowing him to understand the body at the biochemical level, but he also understands the interconnections of the various systems to intelligently guide patients from chronic disease back into optimal health and balance. Dr. Morcom has a strong passion for brain health and mood imbalances, and he specializes in dealing with difficult cases of bacterial, fungal overgrowth, and is an expert in the field of nutrigenomics and genetic analysis. By using a unique blend of advanced diagnostics and intuition, Dr. Morcom is able to unravel the cascade of variables that have led to disease, design an individualized treatment plan to get people better, and empower his patients through diet and lifestyle education to be able to maintain their own health going forward. So without further ado, let's welcome Dr. David Morcom to the show. Hi, um, my name is Marina, and uh, we're going to do a little bit of a, a different structure today. I usually um, record my podcast for Raw Fork, um, both for video and audio, and then I post them later. But I'm here today with Dr. David Morcom, and we decided to change things up and do a Facebook Live. So here we are streaming live on Facebook and um, we're simultaneously recording everything. So we'll post it later on on the Raw Ford podcast as well. So I'm super excited this morning to, to learn about your journey, David. Yeah, I'm so excited to be here and to be able to talk with you today. And we have so much in common. So I know that whatever comes up today will be really interesting and fun. And I'm also just really excited to share my journey. Um, you know, I've 
told people pieces here and there, but really, you know, it, it really is a, a story of um, a lot of surrender to a lot of difficulty and things that were happening, like, like many of us, kind of this, the story of this wounded healer and my own health journey of how I got to where I am. And where I am is beautiful. And I'm so happy uh, with what I've created and what I'm doing and how I'm able to serve. So uh, if there's any way that I can just share with others um, in general to, to strengthen and optimize their health, but also to pharmacists, uh, especially, you know, I, I am, you know, a pharmacist by training. And so, you know, it's really nice to be able to, you know, uh, share what I've learned with others. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm super excited to have you on the show today and to also be doing this differently as well. Um, and hopefully other people will tune in and maybe we could even see what they have to say and answer any questions or have some feedback. But this is what my show is all about. I mean, I interview pharmacists that are on their own journey, whether to healing or to help heal others or all of the above and uh, trying to incorporate natural medicine, even though as pharmacists, we are not necessarily the best trained people for that, but we each have our own passions and journeys into, into kind of following um, that, uh, you know, nudge that intuition that we actually do want to serve in a more natural way for our patients and or for ourselves and our families. So we each have our own journeys and learning more about that and getting all these certifications and then practicing in very different modalities than traditional pharmacy. Yeah, you're right. Everyone's got their own journey and, and they got to find what's right for them. And, you know, I do a lot of um, coaching as well for other pharmacists and practitioners that, uh, you know, want to start on this journey as well and are wondering, how did you do what you do? And, you know, uh, I, what I did is very different than what everyone else needs to do, you know, because everyone needs to connect into their own purpose and their passions and what they want to integrate into their um, into their practice. And in my life, really, you know, my purpose was given to me in many ways. You know, I just had to kind of accept and surrender to it. And it continues to unfold in a very beautiful way, this constant interaction between um you know, just things happening and me having to grow to overcome and, and learn more and evolve more uh, because of those things. Yeah, absolutely. I love the way you framed that. I just find that word so beautiful, surrender. And a lot of us are not really taught to think that way and to live our lives that way. Um, a lot of us just um, are taught to like take the bull by the horns and to have full control over everything but unfortunately we don't have full control no matter how much we try so sometimes it's it's good to just learn to let go and see what life has in store for you and then um and then flow with that yeah no definitely and you know that is the struggle to let go of the ego and you know to especially when you've spent, you know, over a hundred grand on, you know, getting this doctorate and you, you want to use it, um, but you may not be fully happy with it in a lot of ways. You know, there may, you might realize that there's more to really being a um, healer and to be able to really truly help people in the most significant way to really transform lives. Um, and, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that more, but yeah, I, I totally agree. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, we're getting like really deep right here and philosophical. <laughs> so let's get back a little bit to your journey, David. And can you tell us a little bit about how you grew up, where you grew up and how you came to graduate with a PharmD in the first place? Yeah, Marina. Well, I hope it continues to be philosophical because that's always fun. Um, but, you know, my even before I got into medicine, just my ancestry itself really lends to uh, my perspective a little bit. You know, I'm a quarter German and I've got a lot of Irish ancestry and a lot of just all over the place, but I'm mostly Chinese, actually, five-eighths Chinese. And so, you know, even this mix of East versus West that I, you know, really pursued to integrate in the external world, I have this, you know, kernel of in my, you know, inner self as well. And, you know, I think I rebelled against, you know, uh, the Asian aspect of myself. Initially, I was probably embarrassed of speaking Chinese or being different, but, you know, now I celebrate it because I, I just feel like it really uh, has lended me another perspective and another way to perceive life and to share with others. So, so in your household, um, your parents were both Chinese or was one of them European and another one Chinese and like what languages was, were spoken at home and where exactly did you grow up that it was different um, from everyone else? Sure, yeah. So, so actually it's kind of weird, but I'm a third generation mix, which is pretty common because that means, or not pretty uncommon because that means in the 1930s, there were, you know, couples that were interracial and mm -hmm. making love and, and making babies, you know, which is a pretty, um, you know, foreign thing. You know, I think my grandfather was really persecuted against because of it. And so, so my um, great grandfather was the ambassador of China to Germany during World War II. And so my grandma's half uh, German and half Chinese. So that's my dad's side and my mom's fully Taiwanese, but you know, got Chinese blood. Okay, nice. Yeah. And then we grew up in Los Angeles, um, you know, just for, for the first eight years or so of my life. And I mostly grew up in Dallas. That's where I am currently. I'm really uh, happy with Texas and in a lot of ways, you know, especially with recent restrictions of liberty, you know, I, I feel like um, I'm, I'm happy here and surprised. But, um, you know, California just being around the mountains and nature and the forest, you know, definitely just instilled in me at a very young age, uh, the beauty outside of ourselves and, and the nature and the harmony that it can bring. Yeah, so can you tell us a little bit about how that transitioned into your career choice and why you chose to go to pharmacy school? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I actually worked as a pharmacy tech even in, in high school. And I was working at, at CVS and I was working up front initially, but they saw, you know, that I had this aptitude and invited me back there. And, you know, I, I liked it enough to, I guess, pursue it, you know. And, you know, I give my dad credit. He, he pushed me towards a little, he's like, it's going to make good, you know, economic sense, you know. So I, I, I listened. And I, I definitely don't regret it, but you know, it is um, definitely just part of my journey. So I went to UT Austin, which is a real liberal, awesome, fun college town. And um, you know, definitely a lot of the, the vibes that, that I resonate with and that I really enjoy and um, really had an amazing you know, uh, first two years here. And because I was a very um, prodigious student, you know, I 
really placed out of most of my things initially, uh, just from high school already. So a lot of my requirements, I actually filled them with philosophy classes, psychology classes, a lot of the social sciences instead. And that really gave me just a, a different perspective, of, you know, and it wasn't so zoomed into just the sciences, which I really am thankful for now that that's happening. And, um, you know, then something happened though, you know, one of the, my second year of college actually got hit. Um, you know, it, had, it wasn't a very bad car, uh, not car accident. That's the next one actually, but my, my, it was a bicycle accident where I hit my head really, really hard and fractured a bunch of stuff and it was bleeding really bad. My whole face was messed up and definitely had a concussion and, and wasn't doing good, injured my spine and some other uh, faculties. And so, um, you know, this initiated my first kind of dark night of the soul where I was, I was very injured and I was more isolated, uh, still going to school and, and doing everything I needed. Um, but, you know, through that struggle, um, you know, I, I immediately pretty much found yoga and, and meditation. You know, I'm, I'm in Austin. This is, you know, the new advent and renaissance of some of these things and definitely got to take advantage. I was blessed by that. Um, so I went to some, some places and Austin's place called yoga, yoga, which was just really, really amazing for me. Uh, I learned so much. And I, I, in that year time, I almost got back to maybe 95, 90% or something like that uh, of recovery there. And, um, yeah, yeah, it, it was re really wonderful. And so, um, I realized during that period that just, you know, I already was, you know, a little ungrounded that my, my mind, it was so analytical that I'd be so stuck up here and the be ground my energy into my body, into my heart was such an important thing for me just because of my innate kind of, um, out of balance and disposition. So, so that was important. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I could relate to many of those things. So in my college, which was St. John's university here in New York, uh, we had to fulfill core requirement classes, even in pharmacy school. So they had us take English, uh, philosophy, and theology, like mm. three semesters of each. Wow. Our, yeah, even, even as pharmacists, we had to go through that and uh, because it's a, a Catholic university. So, um, you know, it was really interesting yet yeah, to be in those classes and get that perspective, even though we're studying, studying like these hard sciences but to balance it with the social yeah. sciences and um, explore <clears throat> like ethics and philosophy and moral values and um, you know write in, in different ways and read different things and poetry and all this stuff so it, it made for a really well-rounded experience I think even though some of us were complaining <laughs> along the way but um, yeah I think it definitely enriched us um, and gave us a different perspective rather than just very narrow-minded going towards a goal because life is not narrow. So you kind of have to like, I mean, to have an optimal experience on, in life, it's nice to be open in different areas and experience things more fully that way rather than just focusing on one thing. And so regarding your yoga experience, that's amazing that you found it at such a young age, because, you know, I find a lot of people come to it later on. And um, I'm wondering if you also had to take the allopathic approach 
to healing and what that experience was like? Or did you find yoga right away and that was able to fill in the gaps? Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, that wasn't my first accident. So I'm about to go into the second one, which was that really kind of just starkly put me on uh, on a new path. But, you know, I just wanted to reflect that, that that's that's amazing that you share that same kind of background there. And I wonder just how much us having that more broad perspective and being forced to, you know, maybe in, in your case, to take some of these classes really affected our, our where we are now. So really interesting. And, and even yeah, as the, the thinking about like uh, utilitarianism versus like the Kantian, like moral ethics of. Uh, more of an absolute uh, ethical standard of what is right. So instead of sacrificing five people for, you know, harvesting five organs, you know, from this one person is healthy. Well, utilitarians would say that that's good. And so, uh, you know, but the content, there is this innate beauty and divine and sovereignty that needs to be respected for each, you know, human being. And so, you know, it's just interesting in, in these times too, when we are going into, um, you know, a crazy chaotic time, let's just be real, you know, we've never seen any of these things where our health freedoms are at risk. And when you're able to, to see from these this philosophical point of views too, um, I think it's just helpful. Yeah, and I always also think about communism versus capitalism too, because I'm from a formerly communist country, you know, it's yeah. Soviet Union. And um, how like the ideals of something are very different than when those ideals are put into practice. Exactly. So it's, you know, it's, it's that human factor, the human error and human nature ultimately that also has us apply these ideals in less imperfect ways. And then it just doesn't work out. Yeah, no, definitely. And so, um, you know, after, after this, this first accident, I'm almost better. And um, I, I go to actually Greece and I travel the world to almost 19 different countries right before I started pharmacy school. And so that was another big like breaking open of the head here for me. You know, I loved mythology and Greek philosophy and uh, got to travel and follow Alexander the Great's trail all throughout Asia Minor and Greece. And that changed me 100%. I mean, my parents can say like, I was totally different uh, when I came back. And, um, you know, it was interesting moving into this pharmacy curriculum that was so intense and so uh, analytical and so, you know, left-minded when I had just been so kind of focusing on, on the right-minded aspect. So I felt a little disconnect there. And at that time, um, you know, I, I became president of this this organization called the Asian Pharmacy Student Association. It's, it's, nice. you know, I was like, okay, well, you know, I wanted to, to support, to be involved. I was involved in a lot of ways at pharmacy school. Um, but what I changed it, instead of promoting like Asian ancestry as the unifying factor, I made it more like the Asian Eastern way of looking at medicine in the world. Mm -hmm. And so I would have uh, different speakers that would come in from in different integrative uh, fields, whether it was like integrative pharmacists that were in town, the first, you know, batch and generation of them, or, you know, really um, having yeah, into integrative doctors, MDs, acupuncturists and things just to share with pharmacists to open their minds about the, you know, philosophy of healing. And so, you know, that was a really tremendous experience. And, you know, it, it continued after for at least a few, few years. I don't know if it's still, still doing the same theme. But during one of those, the night before one of these main meetings here, um, you know, I actually get hit by a car while riding my bike home in Austin 
Lots of people ride bikes, but there weren't any bike lanes really at that time. Someone just turned right into me and I fell the exact same way, head first into the concrete. My backpack was filled with textbooks and just ripped my shoulder out and it smashed my head further into the ground. But I think it was an equal and opposite force that met, like, you know, thankfully just kept my neck straight. Um, but I definitely had a concussion there and I don't know what I was thinking, but the last time you're talking about my experience, allopathic medicine, the first time I just went to the hospital and they gave me a tetanus shot and sent me home, you know, and charged me a thousand bucks that I didn't have. So, you know, this time I was like, <laughs> I'm not going to the, the ER. They're not going to help me or do anything. So I'm just going to go home. And I remember just being, being pretty manic, actually. I mean, I didn't realize and recognize it at the time, but it was definitely just typical signs of a brain injury. And, um, you know, I, I had the meeting the next day and I, I went and I was wrapped in my head with like, like blood coming out. And I still went to do this meeting because I was hosting this integrative pharmacist that I, I loved and really, 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 uh, you know, admired. And his name was Bill Swale at People's Pharmacy in Austin. And I don't know, we just like, you know, really hit it off. It was a great meeting, even though I was in this really weird state, you know, but, um, you know, he was really impressed that I even showed up and, and he like that day, I remember he like took money out of his register at, at People's Pharmacy, invited me there to kind of just talk with me. And he gave me money to buy a new bike. And then he gave me a job that day. And so it was like this, definitely that this is this moment in my life where it's like, like, like something terrible happens, but then there's just like really beautiful blessing that comes immediately. You know, it's like instant karma. It's not this delayed thing that has to play out for months. So it's, yeah, it's, it's pretty interesting. Wow. I mean, I have a few, a few comments. So first of all, uh, I'm super impressed with your club. It sounds like it just, fell into your lab, but you were pretty adept about managing it and changing it into another direction. So that's wonderful. We got so many more people just by switching it because it's like everyone could join instead of just, you know, the, the Asian ancestry people. <laughs> yeah, it's almost like, you know, we're all in America. So we, we all came from somewhere, but we could be unified by learning from those backgrounds rather than having to inherently be born from those backgrounds. Exactly. So that's, that's amazing. And in my own school, I remember we had a club which um, focused on alternative and complementary medicine. So that's another thing we have in common that um, it kind of exposes that, hey, other pharmacists are also interested in that. And, you know, this is okay. This is like a niche, you know, this is something that, um, you know, is pharmacists recognize and want to learn more about and it's, you know, kind of validates it. Okay, this is awesome. I could be interested in this too. And um, yeah, our, our club president was super passionate about it. And um, I followed up with him later on too. So that's really cool. And secondly, with, with the accident, the fact that it happened the same exact way and similar injuries, it's, I mean, maybe it's just because of the way you were riding your bike um, and the fact that they're both bicycle accidents, but still like, it's, it's very interesting when things happen like exactly the same way. And perhaps like we didn't learn our lesson fully the first time. So this is like another chance to learn the lesson that you were meant to learn. Yeah. And th there's a third time coming up. <laughs> oh boy. Let's keep but on going here. The, the second right. time though, 
so I'm super amazed that you didn't have to go to the hospital at all. I mean, like, I mean, you, you recognize that you had a concussion and you were able to like wrap your injuries, but were you scared or maybe your parents um, at all about like missing something like internal bleeding or some other thing that's super scary. So you have to get checked out by a, by a doctor. Like, how are you so confident that your body can heal on its own? Yeah. Yeah. And, and um, now I would have a, a more elegant, um, beautiful answer for you, but you know, back then I was just young and, and um, maybe stubborn and just, again, didn't want to, um, one, miss my thing the next day. You know, I was just really, really into that. And so, um, and I felt I could take care of myself well enough. And um, yeah, I think this probably plays a sense of my, my innate understanding of the body and its self-healing and trust and connecting into intuition within. Obviously, all these advanced diagnostics are amazing. We'll talk about that. And I'm very into the, the micromolecular and the biochemical and all the very, you know, evidence-based aspects of our practice. But wow, when you combine that with the intuitive uh, diagnostics and understanding of a patient in front of you in a very whole and um, all-encompassing way, based off your own experience and journey, uh, wow, we can really expand upon that healing process. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but that takes a lot of guts, you know, to just say, no, I'm gonna do it my way because I didn't like that other way. And then, you know, assessing your own body, like you don't, you didn't really necessarily have a teacher or mentor that said, hey, we can stay home and I'll help you take care of yourself. Like you did it all on your own. Yeah. Well, um, this goes into other kind of stuff, but it's interesting, you know, I think yet yeah, in traditional medical systems or all systems of, of learning, you have a, a guru or a teacher or some kind of guide. And I've definitely had those throughout my life, which we'll hopefully get to. But, um, you know, a lot of it as well um, with the tools of the internet that connect us and we've access to so much on ourselves. That if you have a curious mind and want to discover the truth, you can. And it's really um, opened things up. You know, I think uh, there's certain uh, overload of information, but if you're really strong in intention and commitment to discover and learn, you can really um, educate a lot yourself. And you have to combine that, of course, and ground that into reality in your own clinical experience, and also with um, you know studying under people, of course. But we do. It's just this beautiful thing. We have access to that to really help us and support us. Yeah. So, so let's. Uh, go I gotta say, I think I just thought of it like the Google Guru. <laughs> <laughs> I like the alliteration there. I, I don't, I don't, you know, like Google in certain ways now because some of the uh, silencing and censoring are currently happening. Uh, but yeah, I, I think Google Scholar and a lot of these things, just being able to learn and just look at research and data very quickly to understand what's going on. And I feel like us as pharmacists, wow, we're in such an amazing position to be able to interpret all this new data and information, much of it not new anymore, actually it's been around for 10, 15, 20 years at least. But, you know, we've really put billions of dollars into studying natural medicine at this point. And now it's a big industry and we have all this data and really, you know, um, who is able to take advantage of this information to be able to bring this in and ground it into reality, into clinical practice. Well, you know, there's, there's a lot of us, but I would say, you know, some of the alternative um, medicine aspects and herbalist 
um, that may not have some of the pharmacology background. Um, because again, there's a lot of herbal bliss programs and some of them are really integrating a lot of this stuff right now, which is awesome. So you're seeing integration on all different levels here. Um, but, you know, I think traditionally, you know, a, a lot of them didn't have this background and that makes it much harder to be able to interpret some of these things. But, you know, as a pharmacist, we have that that ability to really understand the body at this biochemical macromolecular level. And we know how the drugs act and we can just see that these herbs are so much more advanced in, in many ways. The beautiful synergy of hundreds of different compounds that all interact to have kind of this very broad um, effect on the body that is intelligent in a way. It, you know, it's not just, you know, for example, here, um, you know, we might use elderberry. This has been a, a very big, I'd love to talk about this for a second. You know, with COVID, you know, they're saying no elderberry because it can increase the immune system. It has some immunostimulant qualities and it can cause, um, you know, a worsening of the cytokine storm, which is the devastating aspect that really kills a lot of people with COVID-19. And so obviously that's a concern you want to look at, but you know, they were basically taking just mouse models and just basic pharmacology saying this creates a, an immunostimulatory effect. Well, it's not really immune stimulator, it's an immune modulator, as you know, and you know, it has a very balancing effect for this system. It's used in respiratory illness for thousands of years. And you know, what's cool about this herb, it may have some immunostimulant qualities but it also has tons of quercetin and vitamin C and other histamine stabilizing and anti-inflammatory antioxidants to be able to quench that inflammation that would be created. And so, so it's really, you know, these um, herbs work in a much more complicated way. It's like a tag team to create an effect to minimize also the side effects and a very beautiful balance that really can't be replicated. I mean, we can we can do this and our understanding of combining various drugs and here and there, but you know, you don't, it's not real energy into the system. They're all just kind of manipulators at a very pharmacological level, but not providing the base energy, nutrition, and minerals and vitamins. And that's what, you know, the herbalism, you have those pharmacological medicinals, but then you have all the nutrients and, and other things and cofactors as well. So it's I'm really, really passionate about herbalism. Yeah, I can tell. And I couldn't agree more with everything you just laid out in such a nice way. You know, the word synergy just means that it's greater than the sum of it. The whole is greater than the sum of its parts, right? So these plants, as much as like we humans have tried to like break things down and study them and analyze and replicate them and kind of... Um, be superior than what the plants do, I don't think we've been able to do that. I mean, well, that's what pharmacy is really all about. Uh, a lot of it is based on plant medicine and extracting the parts that we think are beneficial to us. So those are the ones we're going to multiply, extract, study. But in reality, we can't replicate that synergy that the plant has and that intelligence, that innate intelligence that you were mentioning. So um, unless we take the plant in its whole form, we are actually unable to replicate what it's actually doing in the body. So, um, you know, extracts and pharmaceuticals are very different from whole plants, whole herbs, whole foods approach that I think herbalism does, you know, herbalism offers that. And um, uh, I think also there is a convergence though. Like I think the origins of pharmacy and herbalism are like super intertwined. Like, you know, oh, yeah. the alchemists from back in the day, you know, um, 
all the herbalists and the old apothecaries, I would say, are herbalists because oh, yeah. a lot of them were based on plant medicine, again, and making the compounds specifically for the patients, but out of the crude plant material. Yeah. So we would, you know, traditionally work with doctors, but in a, in a, in a similar, but different way than we do today. Um, and then those two paths kind of diverged when pharmaceuticals came on the scene and sure. wanted to extract everything re and replicate everything in a lab and a company and a manufacturer plant rather than the real plant. So that's where the divergence occurred. But I think that's why there's such a beautiful um, you know, synergy when a pharmacist and an herbalist embodies like in one person. It's like going back to the roots of how it's, it's always been in a way. Yeah. It's not like something new. It's just kind of going back to the old. And, and that's what a lot of, you know, our, our um, you know, that, that certain movements in our society right now, I think that's a great microcosm of that is that, you know, we are, um, really moving towards an integration of a lot of these values that are actually old ones that we've lost. And then we're combining with a lot of new things that we're getting to gain. And so it's not a quick circle, you're going back to where you were, it's really a spiral of, of evolution. And, you know, we are, you know, definitely refining more and more and combining, you know, these, these beautiful aspects of ancient and modern. And, you know, when you're talking about um, just a study and the ancient roots of pharmacy, you know, when I actually got a, in something called the farm mobility program i was um, accepted into this i think only a handful of people in pharmacy school were sent abroad and so i got to study in the uk and I, that's what i studied I started pharmacognosy okay it's the study of the pharmacological aspects of plants and that's what they still called it even over there in europe you know so this is not a foreign thing and, and we used to have pharmacognosy you know le lectures and programs in pharmacy all pharmacy schools and so you know that was lost a little bit but, but definitely getting to study that and be in the UK and seeing how open they were to um, just herbal medicine, just as a root, just it seems like that was more part of their, you know, their society and culture and having tea time daily, but then realizing that they also didn't use it as much because of socialized medicine. And so this is an interesting concept here is just that I did research on it and uh, that's why I was there. And it just showed that when people have socialized medicine and they're paying into something and everything and allopathic may be free, even though it's not what they want to pursue and it's not even what there's natural to, you know, it's a way of systematically kind of moving people from their roots and maybe more uh, natural medicine and, and ways that people have taken care of themselves and their families for generations into a system of, you know, that is paid for, it's allopathic, it's in institutionalized. And so, um, you know, it's just, it's just interesting. Um, I always think about this when we're going into, you know, talking about socialized medicine more and more uh, with different, um, you know, politicians, et cetera. This, this really affects uh, the, the availability of actually um, integrated medicine because these greater bodies are choosing who to, you know, promote and reimburse and be able to pay for. And through that, choose like where people will go and get their care. Um, just practically, because they only have a certain amount of money and people, unless they have, are more middle class and are higher, um, have the money to be able to pursue that, unfortunately. 
And so, you know, it's, it's going more and more that the classes are dividing people less money for, for their health care. So I'm really concerned that I feel that what we, we need to have health care freedom to be able to choose what, what we want. And I love the, um, you know, for people out there that are looking for other ways. And there's these different health shares that are all popping up here. And, um, you know, there's lots, I use Liberty Health Share, there's other ones, but they pay for functional medicine, some acupuncture, some chiropractors, just like a reimbursement sort of thing. So there's other alternative models as well. Yeah, I love how you mentioned the spiral too before. Uh, so the way I see it is like, there are a lot of systems and institutions at work that made the world the way it is and shifted it from how it used to be. So you know, like the masculine and the feminine aspects and the patriarchy and, you know, the church and religions and where they put, you know, women versus men and how um, allopathic medicine came about and, you know, herbalism became on the fringes. And then um, you, even what you were talking about with a free healthcare, you know, versus here in America, it's not, but here everything is really governed by insurances. And like the way it sounds like, such a good thing is going to help you with your healthcare, but then it really governs what kind of healthcare you really have access to. Because sure. if anything goes out of outside of their network, then you know you probably won't go out of pocket and pay for it. You'll just choose the one that you're going to get, you know, reimbursed for. So that's why a lot of these services that you were mentioning, which is great now that there's different health plans out there that are more flexible in their spending, but a lot of the traditional ones would really kind of make the choice for you almost because you're going to go to the get the medicine that's covered by the plan you're going to go to the doctor that's covered by the plan you're not going to go see anybody that's outside of that because that's an extra cost for you and an extra burden financially so it kind right. of um yeah I feel like so there all these options are out there still but you have to search them out and pay out of pocket for them and to be honest with you they're actually going to be probably much cheaper in the long run than these insurance reimbursed services but you're going to have to pay for it yourself there is not going to be an insurance to help you hopefully now that's yeah. all changing with you know functional medicine and things like that but in general you know the cost of an herb could be nothing if you know what you're looking for and you go harvest it or gather it in the in the wild. So the cost, you know, the cost is just like educating yourself and figuring out what what would be the right plan for you to help you. Um, but then you don't even have to go to the pharmacy and like pick up that plant. You can actually just use the abundance of nature to help yourself and heal yourself. So, so the cost is much different from allopathic medicine to, let's say, herbal medicine and other types of medicine, but it just depends sure. on that knowledge, that education piece that's missing. And I honestly feel like we should all be educated from a young age to like identify plants and to know that, hey, this is this tree growing here and sure. this, this berry growing here. And, you know, honestly, just like, be taught basic survival skills and nature is like our, you know, the biggest overall mother for everyone. This is our home. We, without it, we would not be here. 
So yeah. know, as, nice, as nice as we can use technology in our brains to like build up these massive buildings and skyscrapers and live in, in cool cities, like we are actually very not adept with surviving in nature on our own anymore. Yeah, they say that um, I think the average um, American five-year-old can't even name five native species of plants in their area um, by name. And they can name hundreds of different corporation um, labels and insignias and logos and things like that. So it's just, you know, a product of the times as well. And, um, you know, I think that regarding cost, I mean, I am a cash-based practice and I really, really think that that's the way to go in a lot of ways. I mean, everyone's different again, but for me, that's been really great. Um, there's less kind of... Um, restrictions and boundaries of how you want to practice one but then two also um you know really the people that are coming also are much more serious about doing the work that that to really change their life because it is an investment there is some energy that goes into that but there's something about that of taking um you know ownership of your own sovereignty to be able to decide you want to get better and putting your energy investing it into your own health where, you know, having a health insurance system um, that, you know, it may be considered free, that there's just a different thought process to that. Okay, I'm doing this, but this is part of what I'm getting. It's very subtle, but I, I see that as part of it as well. And, you know, I would say that regardless, overall, no matter what, you know, that this investment is, is so worth it to be just feeling better and being your most vibrant self and being full cognition and strength and vitality. And, you know, it may be a couple of months of work because really um, that's kind of the more the work that I do is really diving deep into the root systems of the body, doing deeper work to reset these root systems of the body and all the other systems on top start falling back into place. And sometimes it's just a few months of work of just some diets some supplements and, you know, changing some basic things and their, their whole health can be transformed. So even if that costs a thousand or 2000, even who knows, you know, that that would be totally worth it. <laughs> so, uh, you know, the money spent towards the allopathic and going from doctor to doctor, I mean, the average amount of doctors that patients go to before they find me even is, is pretty um, surprising. And, um, you know, the, the way that they've been misdirected through the system and how a lot of those treatments have worsened their underlying situations, which, you know, health is deep and it's complex and it's, it's not going to be a single molecule, you know, a drug that's going to fix it. And, but people want that. But I think a lot of people, when they've experienced that and it hasn't worked, and, you know, this might have to happen a bunch of times that they become open that there's another way. And, um, you know, it doesn't have to be all, uh, you know, being um, just all, all hippy dippy and, you know, just herbs and different things too, because, you know, we have this beautiful integration that's happening. And this is the role of integrative providers and pharmacists that have the certifications and the respect, but also kind of this, the greater understanding of how it all connects. Yeah, absolutely. It, here's that thing again, that in theory, it's such a great idea to have this pill you know, that solves all your problem. But in practice, we're seeing over and over again, that's not the solution, it's not the answer. You know, unfortunately, as nice and neat as it sounds, it doesn't make things better. And a lot of times makes things worse. So, um, so I love that you're doing that in your practice and integrating all these approaches. So can you tell us a little bit more about that third accident? And, um, 
Can I just, I wanted to say, um, this stuff may be more important than my story. I mean, I was excited to go through because I feel like some of it's really interesting, but this is like what's, what's in flow here. And I think, um, you know, it's, it's really interesting here you're saying that everyone should, you know, just, you know, it's, things are free and you can just, you know, food is free, you're right, and herbs are free. Um, but what I've seen here, I just want to kind of throw this out here as another concept that people, because of the extreme amount of stress and toxicity of our world currently right now, are getting sicker and sicker and their immune system is so hyper-reactive and reacting to everything at this point that just herbalism by itself and, you know, and a lot of, a lot of any one thing is not going to be enough to reset these systems that are so out of balance. People are so toxic, you know, when the average American females exposed over 300 chemicals every day, we have all these things damaging our guts and glyphosate and all their food. We all have intestinal permeability and autoimmunities on the Sky, sky rocketing and autism, even starting off life, you know, these kids are toxic, which is a big piece of what's going on. You know, it's, it's hard, but we're fighting an uphill battle here. And this is where like all the advanced nutraceutical extracts of the most highest, most elegant pharmaceutical grades and the nanoparticle technology and the liposomal formulations are really, really amazing and really helpful. You know, I mean, the amount of work that I'm able to do using some of this liposomal nanoparticle technology to go directly into the bloodstream, directly into the brain, the nervous system, the cells to get these nutrients in the cell, but also to get toxins and metals and other things out, doing it from convenience of home for the fraction of the cost of some of the old chelation and different ways we needed to do. I mean, these are very elegant systems that are being formulated. This is, um, you know, a step beyond, I would just say, regular herbalism with, through tinctures, etc. And wow, we, we really need it. You know, I mean, these, these patients um, really a lot of times need quite a few things to be able to start really resetting things but the way I do it is just really it's it's you know addressing and, and looking at these more deep-rooted issues uh, when we can we might have to put out a bunch of fires first and we might be slower as certain people but if they're able to do that work usually again three to four months we can fully reset these base systems of the body people start feeling so much better and you know um I think this is a really good time to go into, I think maybe some, some of the, the difficulty coming from the more Western allopathic as a pharmacist or a medical doctor um, and just moving into more of a holistic framework. Because, you know, this can mimicked in my journey that, you know, I was very interested in all the pharmacology and the pharmacokinetics and how these things worked, these natural substances worked on a biochemical level. And I think it's a very natural thing as we're talking about. But then you're, you're kind of in this place where you're replacing just an, an herb that has a similar quality or pharma, you know, a pharmacology for another uh, drug. And, you know, this is kind of the initial part of my experience when I was first starting at, in more integrated medicine. It's like, okay, take them off this, or you can use, use this instead. Or this is an alternative at least, which is great. It's a great first step. But then you see that these people are on lots of drugs for long periods of time, uh, lots of supplements, and they're maybe sometimes even on extreme diets and things, and they're working out multiple times a week just to obtain the level of health that they desire and really that they deserve. And, you know, um, it's a lot of times because we're not addressing the root issue at all. You know, those are just the leaves that are browning in the tree. 
And, you know, we're trying to like kind of play whack-a-mole with all the different symptoms, but the roots are rotting themselves, especially in today's world. I mean, almost everyone has a lot of the gut issues and toxicity things that are coming in here. And, you know, if you don't do that work, you know, you're just going to have to be in that all those supplements, all those things just to be optimal. But again, if we can fix those root systems, which are different for everyone, there's different variables that we need to isolate. We can reset these systems, you know, and we don't have to be on all these supplements every day and be on such extreme diet. You know, what I want for my patients is resilience, you know, that they should be able to adapt to the stressful world around them. And, you know, we might use some intense things initially, but they'll be just educated through the process of lifestyle and diet to be able to maintain their health going forward. You know, that's, that's, that's the goal. Yeah, no, absolutely love that message and how you build such a wonderful practice and fully integrated all these different modalities to kind of make the best of, of both worlds. Um, but can you quickly tell us how you kind of transition from that pharmacist role to building such a successful online practice? Sure, sure. Yeah, initially when I got out, I was in compounding pharmacies and I was doing a lot of BHRT, bioidentical hormone replacement, and I was going to some A4M seminars and things, just learning about them and how to use them. And I was doing saliva testing and I helped integrate that at a couple of the integrated pharmacies that I worked at. And um, I was doing MTM and medication therapy management. I was doing a lot of the programs as some of the insurance started to pay for that. I was certified in that as well. And so I was trying to do everything I could within the pharmacy structure to be able to serve at a higher level using the, the really the full extent of my education. Um, and, you know, I, I was... Um, I was happy to a degree, but, but really wasn't fully able to get there no matter how much I tried. Um, you know, I really like, you know, I didn't want to really just keep on um, checking the, those prescriptions all day long. I was out there a lot, just talking to people and making recommendations and helping people. And, you know, manager didn't love that probably a lot of the times so I respected that that was my gifts, you know, and I just realized that that's what I needed to do. I needed to be out there with the people and to be able to having direct communication, having time and energy to do much more in depth work. And, um, you know, really, um, at that point, actually, you know, I transitioned from a job and it just didn't work out. And I was kind of bummed out. But I, I, at that point, just, you know, traveled the nation because I had a break. I was like, I'm just going to go on a road trip and went to all these national parks and visited a lot of the people from my ancestry that I'd never really met, learned about my own lineage and um, listened to podcasts like entrepreneurship and starting my own business the entire time, you know, for a month or two. And I uh, came back and I started Integrative Wellness RX right after that. I was just so motivated to, to do it myself. And, you know, initially I worked part-time still as a pharmacist and I was doing, uh, you know, the integrated wellness on the side. And I was just seeing anyone that I could see, anyone that needed help, I was going to help them using natural medicine because it helped me so much in my journey. Didn't really go into that, but, you know, they, they put me on some meds and different things, but, you know, I, I chose a more natural way because the other stuff was causing me sedation and problems and issues and I was adrenally fatigued and I couldn't focus. My gut started to get messed up. I was having anxiety, insomnia and things all the time. And so, you know, I, I chose a, a natural way to be able to heal myself through that process after having a brain injury and not really realizing it until many, many years later. Um, and then, um, 
you know, I really just wanted to share that with others. And with every person, I would, you know, take a full time and do the full research and the learning to, to really help that person. And every single person I did that with, I just gained more uh, and, and learned more. And all the healers that I learned from actually through my healing journey, I feel some of their uh, wisdom and energy was imparted onto me as well. And so, you know, th that was a, a very humble kind of uh, upbringing of the business where at first it was just kind of a way to do it on the side. And, um, you know, you do it for cheaper. You might, you know, ask for a review or something. I think that's always a good tip for other pharmacists and people that are just starting off. Because, you know, the Google reviews, I gotta say, like, I have some amazing reviews and like that. I don't have to do any marketing or advertising. I'm doing marketing now just because I'm really trying to kick it up to another speed and I'm doing group cleanses and different things like that. But I'm always a month booked out and always, you know, it, it's um, just never had any issues since I've really kind of you know, gone into this. And I can tell you how kind of I created that. But, um, yeah, I will say that uh, that's definitely, it's a, it's a blessing. <laughs> wow, thank you for sharing that with us. Now, we only have like a couple minutes left. Would you mind going into a rapid fire round with me? Sure, sure. Okay. Yeah, we, let's do it. All right. So um, number one question is, you mentioned going to the root cause for everyone's illness and, uh, you know, having a, an individualized approach for them which I totally honor and respect. But you also mentioned that a lot of us are just suffering from the same kind of like gut health uh, issues and toxins in our world. So what's like that number one unifying cause and perhaps a solution that you can offer to people in today's world and in their health journey? Yeah. And I would say the question, unfortunately, Marina, is, is like in paradox to how I actually believe about the body. And I'm just using this as an example because it's, it's uh, there. And, and I just believe that every person is so unique and there's so many variables in modern. Everyone's a little different. But yeah, there are certain things and threads for sure and pressures that we're all under for sure. And, you know, I think um, really the role of toxicity and that could be through our foods, it could be through the, um, you know, EMF and just constantly being in this, this constant haze of um, in the computer world, um, whether the nutrient deficiencies or the, all the gluten, dairy, inflammatory foods, all the antibiotics and the pesticides and other toxins, heavy metals, et cetera, they're all there and they're all contributing. They're all part of the bucket. And when the bucket fills up, it's different of everyone. It overfills and leads into symptoms and disease. And so our goal is to just empty out the bucket and it's different. But a lot of people that are sick today, I do genetic analysis and I've looked at thousands of people over a long period of time. And when I see in all these autistic children and a lot of the people with chronic disease, you know, they have breakdowns to the actual biochemical pathways of breaking down toxins in their world. Um, and so there's much more sensitive, they're the canaries in the coal mine and are living in a really toxic world. So, you know, these toxins are fat soluble, they go into our body, they go into our brain, they go into our nervous system, especially so, so much of the neurological and brain complications that we're seeing are so much because of this hyper inflammatory uh, resp response due to all this toxicity. And that's why it's harder to get out as well, which will I be, we sometimes we use that nanoparticle technology. Um, but when we are, um, let's see here. 
So I kind of, so, so, so basically with the genetic analysis, I've seen that this is a big part of it. And so if you're feeling like you've gone to a whole bunch of doctors and you're, you've done a lot of gut work, especially already, that's always the first system. And that's, that's what probably everyone should say and would say, you want to focus on the gut first and foremost, but if that's stable and good, you're still not feeling good. The next thing is looking at toxicity here. We have so many toxins in the system and I have people go to so many practitioners before getting to me and they have metals or this or that, or we don't really know, but their, their, their systems are drained and you just gotta get those things out first and foremost. That is the roots to the tree. That's the cause of the fire of inflammation that throws off all the other systems of the body, the hormones, uh, cardiometabolic, et cetera. So, so look at that. Okay, awesome. So your number one health tip would be to then, what would that number one thing boil down to? Yeah, yeah. I mean, looking at the role of yourself uh, and your relationship with the toxic world around you and how you're protecting yourself and going through your environment, reducing exposure, but then doing uh, a, a really cellular good quality detoxification with a qualified practitioner that can really guide you through that process safely and effectively using binders to bind it up. That's really important. Otherwise, so much of it gets reabsorbed. And um, yeah. I would say, I mean, you could go say coffee enemas and other kind of some <laughs> different types of uh, ways to detoxify here. Right. Awesome. Okay. Number two question is what is your favorite thing to do? Like your favorite hobby? Um, yeah, I would say music and, and I'm a, a drummer. I'm a percussionist and I have tons of world instruments from all, all over. And um, I have something called a hand pan, which I've been playing for a long time. I've got quite a few. They're all in beautiful different scales. They look like a turtle. It's a very melodic, beautiful meditation way I express myself. And uh, it's, very, it's very healing for me to play with others. That's actually one of my favorite moments in life when you're able to connect in with someone else, um, you know, and you're on the same ride of this the flow of energy of, of music. And, you know, you stop at the same time, you get loud at the same time, you get quiet. It's there's always this, this beautiful feeling of interconnection that I get from music. Yeah, I love that. And I love the hand pan. Um, and then third question is, what's your favorite beverage to drink? Oh, awesome. Well, I had some right now. and This is a, 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 some cacao. And so uh, in my recent journey, after one of my, my third accidents here, I was having some brain stuff going on and um, I was really diving into actually micro dice dosing of small doses of, of psychedelics and psilocybin and things just for my own healing. There's a lot of research with increasing something called brain derived neurotropic factor to increase, you know, the neurogenesis, but also just repair of neuronal structures. And so playing with that with niacin, Stamets has this triple stack and things. I was starting this process. I was diagnosed with neuro autoimmunity of the nervous system. I, and I recently got hit again. So, you know, I was in this process of healing. This was just this year, actually, just as COVID started. And, um, you know, I went to Guatemala because I was just feeling so overwhelmed and anxious. And I have a beautiful baby boy, Leo, and, and a loving, supportive wife, Chelsea, who, um, you know, I just felt not good enough to really be fully you know, like, seeing patients and doing everything. So I took time away and, and I studied with a, uh, the cacao shaman in, in Guatemala and, you know, did lots of cacao ceremonial work and um, really just got to dive into some of my own trauma and things as well. And I won't, won't dive into that, but each accident has been a bit different layer that it's taught me, you know, and I think the second was more 
biochemical and the more of the functional medicine, how it's all connected and holistic aspects, but still is very like pharmacological. And now I'm, I'm moving into a place of just really recognizing at the very least, uh, but also supporting, you know, using all the meditation and the EFT and the different uh, trauma work that I'm doing and the uh, psychological energetic work that I'm doing, seeing how important that is for long-term health as well. And so that that's a more recent journey, but cacao is amazing. It's my favorite, you know, it's just such a great source. And where I find caffeine is like, it brings you into the mind of the, the very Western, actually what we value, you know, to, to be yeah. accomplished and to work fast. And you can have anxiety if you do too much, right? Where cacao, I feel, is almost like the equal or like opposite force to balance us in a way. And it brings us into our heart. It, it relaxes our, our in a tons of magnesium, more magnesium than any other substance. And then it has 40 times the antioxidants, blueberries. So just opens things up. And, you know, I feel very connected into myself. Um, and you can add it in. I'm really into teaching my, my clients about how to make these super food elixirs. Uh, you can go onto my website. I actually just did a blog and filmed a, a, a demonstration and things. And I talk about the, the formula of making an elixir with like a tea base, maybe water and nut milk, whatever, with some superfood extracts. And you have some carb protein energy. So it's like a very full way. And there's so many different options and all those different you know pieces of the equation that you can really um, you know customize it for your intention and what you want to make in your life. But I got to say, cacao is always one of my bases in the morning time when I'm on some energy um, and I mix it with other adaptogenic herbs and superfoods and MCT oil and shilaji to activate it. I mean, you can make some, some yummy, scrumptious, delicious things, um, but they're also really medicinal for you. Yeah. Wow. So we're going like deeper and deeper down the rabbit hole and like uncovering different levels of healing. And um, I love that. I think everybody kind of has like that in their healing journeys. I mean, that's what I certainly found. And um, you actually led right into my final question, which is how can people learn more about you and get in touch with you? Yeah. And so, um, especially with COVID as a impetus, I've done what I've wanted to do for many, many years now, is that I just recognize that a lot of the healing and functional medicine really is very expensive sometimes actually for a lot of people. I serve a higher kind of demographic and I'm really trying to um, make functional medicine more available for a wider array of people. Um, and so what I'm creating right now is just doing these community cleanses with people and it's called the Vibrant Life Community Cleanse. You can go see it at drdavidmorkum.com. And um, it's a way that, you know, we do really deep work one month of really good gut work to teach you and show you how this is done. And then we do one month of really good cellular detox to get these toxins out. And some people may need to do a little bit more of that, but they have the framework there of what they need to do and ways to be able to, to, to individualize it. I kind of make it like a choose your own adventure where there's like this thing, but, but there's modifications based off symptoms and things. And we have weekly calls as well, where um, people are able to, to sit in and, and ask me questions. And, and we have other practitioners and each week we sit and we learn about a different area of the body. We, we take this kind of field trip around the body and the different systems that are most important for our health. And we have mindfulness that are integrated and we have food demos and th things like that and handouts and everything else. So 
this is what I'm creating and I'm really passionate about because I'm able to see so many more people and I'm able to offer it for price that's just really just the cost of the supplements where I'm not, I don't have to charge for any of my time or consultations because I'm just charging the regular cost of what it would cost to buy the supplements in the first place. I feel like this is a really beautiful model and I think this is a way we can help and serve more people for other integrative practitioners uh, interested happy to share my experience there. Um, but yeah, you can go to www.drdavidmorecom.com and that is the Vibrant Life Community Cleanse. We're starting again in February. I'm also doing some monthly um, just give backs where, where as in my service of different topics at once a month as well. And then also, um, you know, you can go to my website, www.integrativewellnessrx.com and that's for my clinic and learning more about what I do and how to book an appointment, et cetera. All right. Well, awesome. Thank you so much. That community sounds super wonderful and I can't wait to check it out too. So again, thank you for your time today. I'll have all the links in the show notes when I post the podcast and uh, I definitely want to keep in touch and learn more from you. Yeah. Maybe we'll do a part two sometime. We only got through, through, through part of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it was a good chunk. Thank you so much. It was great. Yeah. Talk to you later. Thanks, Marina. Have a great day ahead. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Raw Fork Podcast. And I truly hope you enjoyed the show. If you learned something new from it, I would really appreciate if you can give us a five-star rating and a sincere review so that more people can find it across the podcast platforms. To get in touch with me, please go on rawfork.com or email me directly at marina at rawfork.com. Take good care and I'll see you back here next week.